All right. <laughs> Praise God. It's, uh, it's really good to be here. Um, I like, I really enjoy coming to the youth. Oops. Man, my Bible is just too heavy. The word of God is heavy today. <laughs> I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to go to the spot that I'm most comfortable with. Uh, I, I am very grateful that, you know, you are all here tonight. I really believe that each of you have made the right decision to come here. Um, sorry, I'm kind of getting myself a little bit situated. I have a, a lot of respect for, your, uh, for the youth leaders, too. You know, you don't, you don't really notice... Uh, how difficult it is. You know, I, I preach often like on the weekends, and preaching on the weekends is pretty easy. You know, you get to kind of zone out. You get a few days. You get Friday night, no work. Uh, you get Saturday. You get Sunday. You know, you kind of zone out. It's time to relax, time to reflect. Uh, but during the week, man, it's, it's hectic. It's busy, especially in the beginning of the week. And I just like, I mean, these brothers, they're, they're mighty men of God. So thank you so much that you know, you're coming here, brothers, you're serving, and the sisters, too, that come here and serve, uh, it's, it's truly a sacrifice and truly something that's not too easy. Uh, but for all of you as well, I think it's, I, I, I believe it's very, very awesome that you're here today. Um, and each of you have come to the right place. I, I remember the first time that I came uh, to youth here at the Slavic Christian Center, at least the first time that I could remember. I believe I was like 14 years old. I was pretty young at that time. Um, so I, I, I came to youth, uh, felt a little bit out of place, even when this is my church, and I've been going here since uh, pretty much we came to America since I was one. Uh, but I came to youth, uh, felt a little bit out of place, uh, you know, just didn't, uh, you know, because when you're young, you're kind of like on that one end of the spectrum where you're like, you know, it's, it's good to be in the middle where you feel very comfortable, but when you're kind of young and you get in the, or you get a little bit older, it kind of feels a little bit uncomfortable. But for all of you that are here, I think it's awesome that you came here. Um, and I remember the first time I came here, it was, uh, um, I, I, I came and then I kind of uh, left for a little while. And then probably the first few years were a little bit, you know, not, I wasn't super uh, in, involved or I wasn't a uh, good, you know, constant attendee of youth um, because it was uh, a little bit difficult for me to, uh, if you believe it or not, it was a little bit difficult for me to really uh, connect with uh, some people, um, especially like when I was young, I was a little bit rebellious and stuff. So a lot of people, don't, they don't like having rebellious people around them and stuff, but that's who I was. So, hey. But uh, I remember my dad, he's told me, like, to continue going to church, you know, just don't stop, keep going to youth, keep going to youth. And I just kept doing it, and I was a little bit more consistent in it. And, uh, you know, I, I eventually made, you know, an awesome group of friends uh, that I'm still friends with uh, today that have a, a great impact in my life, have a great impact in their life. So I just encourage you. Uh, I don't know if somebody's here for the first time or maybe uh, for the first time in a long time, but... Uh, be consistent. Uh, I feel like uh, that builds relationships, uh, that builds friendships, and it's going to be a blessing in your life. I really, I really do believe it. Amen? Amen. Awesome. 
Um, and, and like I said, I mean, the people here are pretty awesome, too, so it, makes it, it definitely makes it uh, easier to come here. Uh, several weeks ago, uh, one of your, your youth leaders, he asked me to speak tonight. Uh, and he's like, hey, Stan, you want to speak on March 16th about forgiveness? I was like, oh, forgiveness? Piece of cake. I got it. Don't even worry about it. Uh, I could do forgiveness. You know, I love forgiveness because uh, I know what God did in my life, and, and, and it's all thanks to that forgiveness that he's given me, you know, that forgiveness that he uh, gave me. And um, so I started pondering on this a little bit. I started thinking about it, you know, how God forgave me. And, and I started pondering on, you know, how God forgives and how great his grace is and his love is that he forgives us and, and, and uh, he forgives our debt, he forgives our sin, he forgives our, 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 our trespasses and, and all that. And um, then about uh, like a week and a half ago, it was, I think it was Friday, uh, uh, not this, like two weekends ago, I opened up the text from, <laughs> from, from Dennis again just to kind of like uh, see, you know, just to kind of confirm everything's still on March 6th and all that. And I noticed there was a spreadsheet that he sent me. <laughs> And in that spreadsheet, it, show, it told me which scripture to use, which was Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 to 15. And I was like, hold on, I wasn't planning to use that scripture. That's kind of like the Sermon on the Mount. I think that's the Lord, Lord's Prayer. And that's when I was like, oh, man, it's this type of forgiveness. It's my forgiveness that I got to give to other people. It's not God's forgiveness. It's the forgiveness that we need to give to other people. That's a tough one. I'm telling you, at least in my personal life, that is a very, very difficult one. I know uh, like when we pray the Lord's Prayer uh, every time after service or when you're at home or something. I don't know if you do that at home. But one of the hardest things for me to say in that Lord's Prayer, and sometimes I don't even want to say it is, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because really what we're praying is we're saying, hey God, forgive me the same way that I forgive others. The exact same way that I do it, the way that I forgive, you do it. So I have a, I have a question here tonight for you. Would you want God to forgive you the same way that you forgive others? You know, we, we pray this prayer, like I said, more than several times a, a, a week, right? We could pray it even several times a day. And we're praying it and we're saying, look, God, Look at me, take me as an example, use my example of forgiveness. Now think about how you forgive, think about this. Think about somebody that really hurt you. Think about somebody that did something really bad to you or your family and say, God, forgive me in that exact same way. That's a difficult prayer. It's difficult, it ain't ain't easy. I know, like I said, for me, when I pray the Lord's Prayer, that's like one of the hardest Hardest uh, statements for me to pray in that prayer. I don't know. I don't know how it is with, for you. Maybe you haven't been hurt much in your life, or maybe you know people haven't done wrong to you. 
So, so, so I ask you, would you want God to use you as an example of forgiveness? You know, it's, um, it's very easy to just say the words, yeah, yeah, I, I forgive you. But is that forgiveness just to say the words, I forgive you, if you still hold the grudge, right? If, 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 if you still um, uh, uh, talk behind that person's back, talk about what they did to you. If you still have revenge fantasies of how you're going to hurt them or what you're going to do to them to pay them back. Or, or, or is it true forgiveness when... When that person that wronged you or your family, you just cannot stand them. They're just the worst. Have we really forgiven? Is that the type of forgiveness that we're asking God to show us? So Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, as we already read them, I'm going to read them one more time. For if you give others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus reemphasizes for some reason, right? Or at least Matthew reemphasizes what Jesus was speaking about. In the Lord's Prayer in verse 12, and I know we covered verse 12 and the entire Lord's Prayer last week, I believe. But Jesus reemphasizes these words and he uses even a stronger statement, a stronger one that's in 12, right? 12, what we read, what we were studying last week says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, right? What, what we pray after every prayer almost, right? But here he says, right? Here it's even a stronger one. He said, forgive others, right? And your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. That's tough to hear. I'm telling you, that's not, I mean, if somebody says that is easy, man, God bless you. You're a perfect person. I love you. I want to give you a hug. But especially if someone has, has, has hurt you, that is a difficult piece of scripture to read. But Jesus calls us to forgive. One thing I want us to understand about this scripture is that um, this is not talking about salvation. This is talking about something else, the way that Matthew is writing this, with the words that he's using. Uh, the word, I, I hear it says transgression. I like in ESV it says uh, trespass. I believe it more reflects what's written in uh, Greek, right? But here so it says trespass. So we have to understand that this is something different. And it doesn't mean that to receive salvation, you must forgive others. I just want you to be clear. On, I, I want us to be clear on that. That is not a pre prerequisite to forgiveness. That's not how we receive forgiveness. We've received forgiveness through grace and through faith. That's how we receive forgiveness. So this is something different, and we'll cover that here shortly. But 
You know, one thing when I was studying the scripture, it was interesting. I was, I, I looked at this and then I was also, you know, I was thinking, okay, here, so this is the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to go ahead and read back to uh, Luke, I believe, chapter 11, also talks about the Lord's Prayer. And it was interesting wh why Matthew um, kind of added this, right? The Bible, uh, it does, it does elude you know, Jesus, this wasn't Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, like this word to word. It was, I mean, it was, I believe every word that was spoken was the word spoken, right? But I believe there was more, and, and the Bible does allude to that, that there was more than this, right? And we could see it from each of the writers even, that each one had a little bit more to add because it touched them in a certain way. The Holy Spirit spoke to them in a certain way. So we know that there was more to this sermon. We know that there was more to this teaching of the teaching of how to pray, how, how to say this Lord's Prayer. And for some reason, the Spirit touched Matthew to write this extra more. Because I believe in, in, in each statement in the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name, may your kingdom come, let, me let your will be done. I believe that all of that, I, I believe in the Bible, alludes to this that Jesus did have more to say, and he probably did say more about, about each one of those statements, but for some reason, this, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, uh, verse 12. For some reason, the Holy Spirit spoke to Matthew to write a little bit more about that than what Jesus said. Why, why did Matthew do this? We, we see Luke didn't do this, right, when he was writing down the Lord's Prayer. But it's amazing in the way that the Holy Spirit moves to the authors of the Bible, to each person that was writing the Bible, because the Bible was written by many people in many different circumstances, people that had many different uh, uh, experiences, life experiences, people that had many different uh, careers, people that were in different age categories, so many different people. And this is another way that the Bible speaks to us in the way that it uses the authors and the background of the authors. So why did Matthew use this? Because Matthew, he had a good understanding or he felt the power of forgiveness. So what we know about Matthew is that he was a tax collector, right? And during this time, um, tax, collector, tax collectors right now are not that nice, right? I mean, not a lot of people like them. Uh, you know, they take a lot of your money, especially business people. It's extremely, you know, difficult to deal with them, what I hear. Uh, but they take a lot of your money. Uh, if any of you are going to, you know, once, if any of you have a job and you see your pay stub and how much they take, you're like, wow, that's like a car a year. I could buy like a very nice car once a year. I mean, they take a lot of money. But in Jesus' time, the tax collectors were even worse. I mean, these were I mean, even Jesus refers when he's talking about sinners, when he's talking about different uh, people that sin, and he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, 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 some, some really bad sins. He mentions tax collectors as being even a sinner. I mean, this is, is it was bad, right? Because what, what was happening that, uh, in that time was Rome was in control of, of uh, Judea. It was in control of the Jewish people. And tax collectors were usually Jewish people. 
that worked for Rome. And nobody liked Rome. The, the Jewish people, they hated Rome because they were under the influence of Rome. They didn't have their own sovereignty. Rome was controlling them. The taxes paid went to Rome, and Rome decided how the Jews should use their money. And Jews don't like people telling them how to use their money. You know what I mean? They don't. Uh, but that's what was happening. And so the tax collectors were considered like traitors and liars because often the tax collectors, they would always... Uh, they, they would always say that you owed a little bit more, and then they would take some and, and take it for their own benefit, right? They would take it um, um, and, and keep it for themselves. Uh, if you think about it, like, but, but it, was, it was somebody that was considered a traitor to the Jewish people. Somebody that, was, uh, 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 that, that, that a lot of the Jewish people hated. And, um, I mean, if you think about it, like, right, we live here, let's say... Uh, there was some kind of, um, right, let's say that there was some kind of persecution against the Slavic people in America, right? Let's just kind of fantasize a little bit, right? And uh, somebody from our church, right, we're like, you know, hiding, trying to do our thing and, you know, trying to survive. And somebody from our church go works for the government in this anti-Slavic uh, uh, movement, trying to shut us down, trying to harm us, trying to harm our families, separate our families, take our kids, take our wives, you know, trying to do this kind of stuff. I mean, it's pretty bad, right? It's pretty, it, it, like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't like that kind of person, I'll tell you that. And, and here Jesus calls him. Jesus calls him and he follows Jesus. Matthew follows Jesus. This tax collector follows Jesus. With all these other Jewish men that were there, and these men were strong. Somebody that really stands out also. You see, Jesus, when he picked his disciples, I mean, a lot of them were probably, some of them were probably your age even. That's pretty incredible. But um, when he picked them, he really didn't look at their occupation. He really didn't look at what they did. He looked at what they could do for his glory. And Matthew was an important disciple. I mean, he, he wrote the book of Matthew. He opened this up about forgiveness to us. But what was important is because he was, I, it looked like he was extremely different than all the rest because he was this tax collector. There was somebody uh, else, Simon the Zealot. This is another disciple. So you could just imagine this. These two disciples, these two uh, leaders of the church, right? One was a tax collector and then Simon the zealot, right? And if anybody knows what a zealot is, a zealot is somebody that is, uh, 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 it's like, 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 if you, like a white nationalist militia-like leader. That's what a zealot is, you know what I mean? Somebody that's very, very, like, uh, strong nationalists, and so this is who Simon was, right? There was a zealot movement in the Jewish, uh, right around Jesus' time. There was a zealot movement, and Simon was one of these people. He was the strong nationalistic Jewish person, and they had this understanding that the way that they were going to overthrow Rome was with arms, with a war. So you could just imagine this person Simon and this person, Matthew, complete opposites, complete different people. Somebody that's trying to stand up and, and, and bring the Jewish people up and defeat the Romans, right? And somebody here that's trying to push the Jewish people down and bring up the Romans instead, right? And you could see why Matthew wrote this. 
I don't know if he was forgiven yet or if he wasn't forgiven, but he was like, hey, did you guys hear what Jesus just said? If you don't forgive me, our Heavenly Father ain't going to forgive you. I do believe he was already forgiven because they were working already for some time. So see, Matthew, he wrote this because he understood, he understood the power of forgiveness. And I just love the way that the Bible uses the backgrounds of the authors, the backgrounds when we read the Gospels and the differences of the Gospels. So he wrote this because he understood the power of forgiveness. Because when he was forgiven, when the other group, when, when the rest of the disciples forgave him, right, he was a part of that group. He was reconciled to that group. A very interesting word that here Jesus uses as well is trespass. Right? Forgive those that trespass against you, right? See, the, the, the word trespass, when, um, when, when, when Jesus was speaking about this, trespass, what it, what it means is that it's a, something personal. It's a personal offense, right? It's crossing of a personal boundary, right? Somebody trespasses on your property. It's a personal. It's something that you own. It's something that's a personal uh, offense, it's something that affects you personally, gives, that harms you personally. And so the forgiveness that Matthew is writing about here, he's writing about forgiveness that is personal. Forgiveness that is a part of a relationship. That's why I was saying that this forgiveness has nothing to do with salvation. I mean, there is... It is a consequence of salvation, forgiveness. The forgiveness that you receive from our Heavenly Father will be translated and a consequence of that forgiveness. You can't help it. You can sometimes. It's going to be a struggle, but we're called to forgive. Because the forgiveness that God gives us is something that theologians call judicial forgiveness, which has, it's like this. For example, uh, um, for example, somebody burns down your house, right? Somebody burns down your house, an arsonist burns down your house, this person goes to jail, um, and he's in jail, right? He's in jail. And uh, you call up the jail, and you're like, listen, warden, my name is Stan, this guy burned down my house, I forgive him. And he'd be like, okay, that's cool. We might let him know. That doesn't change anything, right? Because I don't have the judicial authority. Yes, I, this is a little bit deep, um, so I, I might not be explaining it the best way, but that's why when Matthew is writing this, it has nothing, it, it, it doesn't refer to salvation. We understand it doesn't refer to salvation here, but it refers to a Christian's life, right? So, that judicial authority only belongs to God, right? That judicial authority to release that person from prison only belongs to the judge or to the governor, right? The governor could say, look, I pardon this person. This person is pardoned. 
He's forgiven. He he owes no more debt. He doesn't need to sit in prison or something like that, right? That's what God does. That's what Jesus does. We forgive on a personal, on a relationship level. We could have some effect to judicial here on earth. You know, if somebody robs you or something and you say, whatever, I forgive you. I'm not going to call the cops on you, something like that. But we're talking about the spiritual aspect here. That only God has. And that's something different because there's not only a personal offense to God. There's not only a relationship offense to God, but there's also a sin offense to God, which is a different topic. We're not going to get into it. But what I want us to understand is that he's not talking about salvation. Don't be thinking here, oh my goodness, I did not forgive that one person. I'm not saved or something like that. It may be that you might think that, I'm not saying that you are not saved. You could be saved and still not forgive. I've done it before. But you have to question, hey, am I really forgiven by God? Because the forgiveness that God gives us flows out. That spirit of reconciliation flows out, and we are being a- and then we are able to reconcile with all people that have hurt us. So when he's talking about trespass, he's talking about a personal and a relationship uh, hurt. We're coming here to the end, and and we're not going to spend much more time. But what I want to talk about is specifically forgiveness. What is it? Really, what is it? What I want to say is forgiveness does not mean forgetting. It does not mean forgetting. Forgiveness does not mean that you forget. And because you sometimes recall the harm or the hurt that somebody caused you, that doesn't mean that you did not forgive them. Jesus Christ, when he was crucified on the cross when his hands were spread wide open, right? We're going to be celebrating Easter here shortly. He said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. He forgave us. But it doesn't, do we forget? Do we forget the scars of Jesus? Do we forget that he was crucified on the cross? No. We remember that. We don't dwell in that area because we dwell on the victory. We dwell on the victory. So forgiveness does not mean that you just forget. God Almighty, when he forgives, he says, I forget. I blot out their sin. Right? He's an almighty God. He blots out our sin. Personal, relational forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget. It doesn't mean that you say that, oh, that's okay how that person hurt me. Oh, that's okay that he did harm to me. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. What's okay is that you acknowledge that what that person did did hurt you, but you forgive them. You still forgive them. Forgiveness is not fair. How can it be fair when somebody deserves the punishment? Because often when somebody does something bad to you, it's usually 
something that you did not deserve, right? That's why you're not, that's why you're not happy with them. That's why you feel hurt, right? If you deserved it, it's kind of, you know, you don't feel as bad, right, that they hurt you. But if somebody hurts you for no reason, you have to forgive them. Because what forgiveness is, is the releasement of the punishment that that person deserves, right? Maybe that person deserves to have no relations with you. Maybe that person deserves your, you ignoring them. Maybe that person deserves you walking around and telling them, oh, that person is so bad. But that's not what Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us to forgive. And to forgive means that it's not always fair for you. Forgiveness also only comes, true forgiveness only comes through Jesus, through God. When God forgave us, when God forgives us, because understanding who we are, that we are a sinful person, understanding how we trespass, how we uh, 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 went against his will, went against his commandments, understanding how he forgave us, gave us a new life through that love that he gives us, it's something that we are called to do. Then we forgive. And when we understand the way that Jesus forgave us, That's the way that we are able to forgive others. Forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy. It's not fair. It's not easy. I remember uh, an instant in in, in my life. Um, Somebody, uh, somebody really hurt my dad one time. You know, one thing that I noticed in my life, I, I know we have a few more minutes here. Uh, you know, it's, it's to, to offend me, it's very difficult. I don't know why, just, I praise God for that. Um, I don't know, people's like, you're just too uh, stuck up. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you think too highly of yourself. I don't know, but to offend me, it's very, very difficult. It's very I think so. It's very difficult. Even when people do offend me and, and I get grudges, uh, maybe not, but uh, maybe I get some kind of it's a revenge fantasies or something like that. But when something, when somebody hurts my family, um, it's different. It's different. Uh, and I remember uh, this was many years back on a Tuesday, actually, on a youth service. Somebody really hurt my dad. Um, Almost killed him. And I remember this because it was very difficult for me to forgive that person. And I remember the detectives and the police officers coming over to our house. I was translating for my dad. And, uh, and my dad, he didn't want to really uh, 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 kind of to the detectives really say what happened, what was going on, this and that, you know. Uh, he just kept telling them, hey, look, I, I, forgive, that, I forgive that person that did this harm to me. Uh, you, the judicial system, right, has to do their system, and you guys have to do your system, you know. So he said, you're, you're more than welcome to do your thing, but I don't want to be a part of that because I forgive them. And I remember I'm translating, and I'm just so upset at my dad. I'm like, Dad, how can you do this? 
I'm like trying to already like false a statement from him. That's how mad I was. And even I went, I went to the court where there were uh, 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 um, uh, the, 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 this person that hurt my dad, where I went to the court where he was getting his final judgment. And I stood up and I even said a statement. And I was still so angry at that person when the harm was towards my dad. But because I'm related to my dad, it hurt me so bad I couldn't forgive that person for a very long time. And I remember I stood up and I said, I want to have a restraining order from that person on my entire family. Because I was so angry, I wanted that person to stay away from us. I remember I told my dad, I thought I was, thought I did the right thing. My dad's like, why did you do that? I forgave him. We had a conversation and he pretty much brought up kind of what we're talking about today. Do you want God to forgive you the way that you forgive? God puts a restraining order. God blocks you off. I don't want to deal with that person. See, forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy. And forgiveness takes faith. I want to read a scripture, and we're going to be closing here. Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 5. Jesus is speaking to us. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, what? If a person hurts me seven times a day, listen, and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So Jesus says, tells this to his disciples and look at their response. I love their response. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Forgiveness takes faith. Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus, that Jesus went on the cross for you, for me. Jesus went on the cross and he forgave us for our sins. He forgave us for our transgressions. He forgave us for our trespasses. He forgave us. Faith in that there is something better than holding that grudge. Because when you hold that grudge, you're not hurting that person. The only person that you're hurting is yourself. You're hurting your relationship with that person. And most of all, you're hurting your relationship with God when you hold that grudge. Faith. Forgiveness takes faith. That those wounds that those people put on you, those wounds, whatever they did to you, those wounds that those people did to you, maybe you're not, maybe you have an issue with God too. 
Maybe you have an issue with God. You can't even forgive God because you thought God did something wrong. He did something wrong in your family. Something that wasn't supposed to happen. Yes, that was a wound. And the way that you forgive for what happened is when you understand and move past those wounds that you have and say those are not wounds now, those are scars. Because healing has happened. Because there was a miracle, right? When Jesus came to Thomas, right, when Thomas doubted, and he came to Thomas and see, and he said, Thomas, here's my hands, here's my sides. Were the nails still in there? No, the nails were gone. Those were just scars. It's okay if you have scars. We all got scars. I just told you one of mine. It's okay if you have scars. But you shouldn't have wounds. Forgive. Forgive. Have faith that those wounds should not be wounds, but should be scars. And faith, forgiveness takes faith that I have been free. I've been free and I forgive. Because forgiveness is not only freedom for the person that has hurt you, but forgiveness is freedom for you. Freedom to increase and better relation and have a better relationship with your Lord and Savior. And I don't know what kind of scars you have. What kind of scars people have put on your family. Maybe what kind of scars you think uh, you think maybe God put on you. But those scars are strengthening you. Don't allow them to still be wounds. I'm not telling you here to remember what somebody did for you in the third grade and and just think about that and think how they wronged you or something like that. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to open up wounds or anything like that. But if you do have wounds, if you have unforgiveness, if you can't forgive God, if you can't forgive somebody, God wants to give you freedom tonight. Because if you cannot forgive, your relationship with God cannot mature. So if you're here tonight, I call you to come to Jesus Christ. Tell him that hurt. Tell him that pain. And say, Jesus, I forgive that person. Jesus, I Forgive that person. Maybe you caused pain to somebody. And you didn't ask for their forgiveness. I know there was something that I didn't maybe do the way that this person might have wanted me to do something. And this person eventually passed away. And I never asked them for forgiveness. I told told Jesus, look... Forgive me. When I saw their dead body, I said, forgive me. I don't know if it made anything, but I'm sure there would have been more peace if I told that person when they were alive, forgive me. So think about that too. 
You might think you're young, that you got no issues, you got nobody maybe hurting you, but maybe you did hurt somebody. Tonight, in the next few days, call them, speak to them. Say, hey, look, brother, man, I messed up. Look, sister, I messed up. I hurt you, I did this, I did that. Forgive me. Amen? Let us rise to our feet and we're going to pray.